Welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're returning to the world of Target novelisations, and this time we're doing a first Doctor story, The Reign of Terror. Uh, but first, let's have a little bit of news. And um, we're going to sort of wrap through this fairly quickly this week, aren't we? Because um, you're afraid you're going to have a coffee for any any, any yes. moment now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Paul's got the lurgy. Paul has got I'm the not lurgy. particularly well. No, no, so... But the trooper, as you are, you're battling through, aren't you? Yes. You're battling through just to just to get this done to, to please our fan out there. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay then. Well, there's been some interesting tidbits of news anyway, so let's, let's kick off the first one. Now, obviously, I think the most exciting thing is we found out what the name of the Christmas special is going to be this year, and it's called The Return of Dr. Mysterio. Uh, and there's been a couple of little um, pictures released and a short, um, more sort of like a making of trailer than anything else, isn't it? Of the, yeah. Of the um, Christmas special. Uh, but this year it's got a uh, superhero theme. And we've seen the, um, we've got a nice pitch released of the um, of the superhero of the title. Doctor. M- I think that's meant to be the, uh, is he supposed to be Doctor Mysterio? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Because um, for those of you who know, Doctor Mysterio is the name of Doctor Who in Mexico, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know if he's actually Doctor Mysterio, but um, it's certainly different for a Christmas special. Yeah, it's, it's these how these Christmas specials tend to go, don't they? They could go off and be something that's completely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know with this one actually. It just sort of it just is the um, is this episode, this year the episode obviously the Doctor joining forces with an investigative journalist played by Charity Wakefield, and a superhero to save New York from a deadly alien threat. Yeah, that's it. And we also know Mark, uh, Matt Lucas is back as uh, Nardo as well. Yes. So, uh, yes, sounds interesting anyway. does sound interesting. Um, it certainly piqued my interest anyway. <laughs> I don't know about yours, Paul, but it just, it's, yeah. it's just something different, it, isn't it, really? It's different. It depends on how they're going to play it, isn't it? I don't know quite know how I want it to be, actually, which is even more interesting from a point of view of... I, my, my, my preconceived ideas that I'm going to hate it, I can't find at the moment. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like. Well, all we, I, mean, I think of we said before in the past, what you want for Christmas Day Doctor Who specials is uh, some fun. Yeah. Really. You, you don't want anything heavy or depressing, and we have had that on Christmas specials before, haven't we? You've had Regenerations yeah. and, and God knows what. So... Um, yeah, let's, let's hope this one's a bit of fun. You know, it's certainly it's different. I'm glad they're doing something different than uh, it, it. It might be a case of taking a superhero story and then shoehorning it into a Christmas setting. Who knows? You know, nobody yeah. knows. Nobody knows. But um, yes, so that's um, so. If we get any more news on that, obviously we'll, we'll be discussing it in any any future episodes. Um, now on to series ten. Now, some a very very interesting news um, or little comment made by Stephen Moffat come out uh, during the uh, sort of yesterday actually because we record on, on the uh, 10th of October it's come out uh, yesterday on Sunday um, Stephen Moffat has confirmed that a script writer from the classic series of Doctor Who has written a script or will write a script for series 10 hmm. now um, I'm quite 
surprised at this actually. I know we've had like old directors come, like Graham Harper, coming back. Um, who who would you think this could possibly be? To be honest, I'm not at all sure. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not actually. Um, I think people have sort of been saying, "Oh, is it is it um, Ben Aranovich or could it be Andrew Cartwell?" But Andrew Cartwell never actually wrote for the series, did he? No, he was just the script editor. So I'm a little bit sort of perplexed actually who it might who this might be. And seeing they just sort of sort of tending to sort of stay away um, from from the older. The older um, scriptwriters, but another name that has been been cropping up a lot. I've seen it on on, on um, sort of Facebook threads and everything is the name uh, Rona Monroe, yeah, uh, who wrote um, Survival. Um, unfortunately, I know it's sort of sad to say I, I don't really know too much about that. I've only watched Survival a couple of times actually, so I, I don't know of, of, of any more of her of her work at all. I've got absolutely no idea, but I'm, it's certainly an interesting turn of events anyway. <laughs> it's just as well they've like they've already announced what's who's going to be taking over from Moffat for series eleven because otherwise if, if there's going to be the writer of survival they'd be thinking oh, that's it that they're closing it down for eighteen years <laughs> <laughs> wheeled out the same writer who killed it off the first time exactly <laughs> you know, Chris Chibnall back on right to reply or whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just sort of um, very, very interested to see what this, um, how, how this sort of pans out. Really, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly, I mean, it, might, it might please some of the older fans. Possibly, I don't know, but it's, it's quite good to see an older. I say we don't know who it, it might even be. Eric Saywood. It could be Ian Levine, for all we know. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. He, apparently, he did write Attack of the Cybermen, if you if you believe him. So, oh. um, what yeah. might be interesting, actually. As, as interesting as who it is, hmm. is is going to be interesting. To, was it Muffet that made the who made the approach? Was it Muffet went to them and said, "I'd like you to write this episode," hmm. or did they actually approach him saying, "Look, I've got this really good idea"? Well, I've been still been reading rumours that somebody, I think, oh god, it might even have been Cartmel. Actually, I, can't, I honestly can't remember. I might be getting this completely wrong. Um, I think it was along the lines of something that so-and-so has got a great idea for a script. And yeah. I, I, that's how I've, I've sort of been, what I've been reading. How true that is, I've got absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea at all. But um, but it's interesting. You know, if, if that is the way that, that it's gone, then it must be pretty good for Moffat to uh, mm. even consider it. So, yeah. anyway. Well, you know, I mean, and, and, is it, and is it a completely new idea that someone's had if it is something or is it something that has been knocking around for a few years as an idea mm. that Moffat's just actually felt actually that would fit really well into the other stories I've got running in series 10 yeah it could be because he keeps asked that person to to bring it up to date sort of thing because mm. he keeps saying Stephen Moffat that this new series of, of um, Who is going to be like the series rebooted to a, yeah. to a certain degree, I don't quite know what to make of that, to be honest. But it, again, it, I'm a, a fair play to the guy. After all these years, he's still trying to, you know, keep the show fresh and and, and, and new, as as it were. So, um, yeah, yeah. In, in, I mean, interesting I, 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 times. I, yeah, I suspect 
because I mean, wasn't there something there was there was a comment from him saying that the problem with last year was there was nothing different. Um, as such, he's been and over, he found it. Yeah, he's 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 he found been, it hard. Yeah, he says. I mean, I think he's been fairly sort of overly critical about his own contribution towards. It. I think that's what probably more what was what he was. Um, what he was sort of alluding to there, but I, 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 think, I, I, think, I think I think Twitter will tell you he wasn't his own worst critic. Though. Well, Twitter loves to <laughs> people on Twitter like to moan though, and I know we love. I mean, who loves to moan more we, than us? You know, I was going to say, yeah. gonna say and we're not excluding ourselves from. No, that. we most certainly are not. But I, I enjoyed Series yeah. Nine. I really did. Yeah. There was some cracking stuff in there. So, um, okay, there was, there was a couple of things that didn't really sort of add up for me. But I mean. On the whole, and, I thought it was a great series. And a new companion or a new Dots always makes it interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we've only seen Capaldi with um, uh, sort of Jenna Coleman at the moment. So interesting to see what... <laughs> so, so, so soon forgotten. <laughs> I was, was going to say Clara for I can't say <laughs> mention his, his real name, not mention hers. That was <laughs> it's a bit disingenuous, if you ask me, but there you go. Um yeah, so if we get any, obviously, when we um, sort of find out a bit more about this, also we'll, we'll be discussing this on a on a future episode, no doubt. Yes. Now, um, also released uh, last week was um, a couple of trailers for Class as well. Um, this has now sort of really sort of again piqued my interest. Now I'm actually sort of quite looking forward to this. Now I'm actually sort of seeing some some kind of footage of it, but. Um, no, you can't too much too much from a trailer. But what, what did you think of it, Paul? Uh, well, point, yeah. the point. Did you watch it? <laughs> I have. I have seen it. Yes. Um, yeah. No. It, it's different. You don't know, do you, from a trailer as to exactly how it's going to be? Because you get the feeling this is going to be the whole. This whole show is going to stand on whether or not you like the people in it. Yeah. Now and you can't tell that from a trailer. You can't. So. Now, at least, I mean, it does appear, though, that this one, I mean, it doesn't appear, it is wearing its Doctor Who credentials on its sleeve, whereas Torchwood tried to sort of steer itself away from Doctor Who somewhat, didn't it? Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, this one has got the Doctor in the opening episode. If you didn't know that already, I'm sorry, I've just spoiled it for you, but there you are. It was in the trailer anyway. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's... So it's, it's definitely tying it. It has to tie itself to Doctor because it's in Coal Hill School for Christ's sake. So yeah. it hasn't got much choice really. Um, but no, I'm glad they sort of you know which, which looks to have been totally rebuilt since Clara. Yeah. Yes, it does. It's a completely different school, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it getting destroyed in the last series. Actually, Crazy guess did work. I was going to say it's going to get destroyed in the first series or something. Well, maybe, maybe it does. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, yeah no, I, that seemed to, they seem to have got that built quite quickly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that. You can tell this is fantasy now, can't you? <laughs> so if that'll ever happen in the real world, um, yeah. So obviously, we we do plan on sort of reviewing this, but um, we're just not entirely sure when at the moment, are we? Because yeah. the um, obviously we, we're doing our podcast every um, every two weeks, which means by uh, at the time of our next episode comes out we should be reviewing class however yeah. it appears that we're both going to be away <laughs> as, as, as in nothing for 10 months so we and we both decide away. to go away um not not, not together you understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we, we um yeah well, I've, i mean 
I'm going to be, I think we're both going to be around to watch um, on, on the night of broadcast. Um, but yeah. unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have time to sit down and record a review no. um, in between. So um, we might have to sort of go the following week. So we could be back week after next or not. <laughs> yes. We don't know at the moment. We really don't know. But so I think we, we will be reviewing class unless it turns out to be like Torture of Miracle Day, in which case we probably won't get past the first two episodes. <laughs> I don't know, like 10 months without anything to talk about. <laughs> oh no, we might just do it just for the sheer hell of it, I think. <laughs> oh dear. But we'll keep everybody posted it when we're going to get our reviews out anyway. So We, 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 we... haven't got so excited we've cancelled our holidays yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think the day if the day comes, Paul, we're cancelling holidays to watch a, a TV show, I think it's time to just take the pills. I'm sorry. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> It really is. Okay, right, um, on to awards news. And um, Doctor Who um, won a Welsh BAFTA last week. Hooray, it won... You you suspect they'd have had to have been an inquiry if they hadn't. (laughs) Well, I think so, actually, yes. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, why didn't you try pronouncing that C-Y-M-R-U word that I can never... (laughs) I'll just call it Welsh BAFTA. It's easier. Um, yes, they won the award for special and visual effects titles and graphics, um, and that was the. I think that was the. I think the risk of the special effects. Um, that's from Magician's Apprentice. Actually, let's get that into proper context here. Um, so the special effects were supplied by Real uh, SFX, which was led by Danny Hargreaves, and the visual effects were supplied by Milk VFX, um, and they've both. It says here both won the uh, Welsh BAFTA for the work on the 50th anniversary special. So, um, congratulations to them. Well deserved, yeah. I think, actually. Hmm. Well deserved. Um, I think they. I think that the, the special effects on, on Doctor have sort of come along leaps and bounds, and if, especially if you think about the, the, the kind of budgets they've got to work with. Yeah. I, I think they do an outstanding job. I really do. You know, it's... Um, I think in recent years, I can't think of anything that's looked a bit... Um, I think it was, was, was a nice word, but ropey, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it, it just looks really polished now. I think it's great. I think it's great. So, uh, so well done. Congratulations to them. If I had a glass of booze, I would have raised the glass to you. But uh, there you go. Now, uh, lastly, in, in news, um, Paul, do you remember the Doctor Who pinball game from 1992? No, <laughs> I vaguely do. Uh, I've vaguely been one of them when you used to have amusement arcades along the seafront at Hastings. I seem to remember that. Well, now you can buy it uh, or play it in in a digital re- recreation. Ooh, don't get too excited, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, that, that's really what I've been waiting for. It is. Control yourself. <laughs> yes, Farsight Studios have released the digital version um, of this pinball game. Uh, it's been released on iOS, Google Play, Steam, uh, the, the Mac App Store, Amazon, and we are, oh yeah, I've never heard of that one. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Um, I think I think we I think we did. <laughs> I thought you were celebrating a bit hard there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh dear! Now I think did we mention this one previously? Because it's got these some. Yes, when they when they were trying to get the funding, wasn't it? Exactly, and we did mention the rather poor renditions of the um, of, of the seven then seven doctors. Yes, 
Because <laughs> um, the Peter Davison has got some enormous hair going on, isn't he? <laughs> it's actually difficult to differentiate between him and John Pertwee. And Colin Baker and Tom Baker, for that matter. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, I will I will be trying this at some point, actually. So um, I, I, I might do sort of... I've done a little mini game review for a long time, to be honest. No. So, yeah, I might have to... Um, might have to do one. Um, tell you what, Paul, should I do one just in, should, just in case we don't do class in a couple of weeks? That <laughs> <laughs> may well be the case, yes. <laughs> oh, dear, I might do, just do that then. But, um, yeah, it doesn't appear to be anything on um, to do with price. I'm assuming it's a free download. Mm, um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. No, I, I'll have to sort of investigate this a bit more, actually. And then... Um, yeah. Might say, might do a little review. Who knows? It's been a while since I've done one. I've done one since Doctor Who Legacy. That was about two years ago now, I think. Can't remember. Can't remember. Anyway, uh, that is it for the news. As I say there was a fairly short, but there's a few interesting things there. Anyway, so uh, coming up next is our review of the target novelisation of the Reign of Terror. So for another week, then that was the news. <laughs> Okay, everybody, it's time for another Target review. And as we've mentioned previously, we're going to be reviewing The Reign of Terror, a first Doctor story, uh, this one written by Ian Marta. And we sort of moved away from our uh, Terence Dix. We fancied the change from Terence Dix, didn't we? So we we picked an Ian Marta story this time. Uh, This one was released uh, posthumously um, in 1987. Unfortunately, um, as you probably know, Ian Marta died that year. Um, so this was published sort of several months after um, his, his sad death. Um, and it's my turn to kick this one off, isn't it? It is. It is. Okay, okay. Um, I really enjoyed reading this, to be honest. And I think... I was actually, When I was reading, I got to the end. And I'm sort of skipping... Skip to the end. I actually was erring on whether or not to actually watch the DVD like we usually do. Because I just enjoyed this so much, to be honest, and and I'm glad I did watch the DVD afterwards because it just shows what Ian Martyr did to the story, and that was to improve yeah. improve the hell out of it basically. Um, because the original script by Dennis Spooner, I found when we watched it back, even with the animated um, episodes in there as well, it was almost done like a like a comedy. If did you find that? It was some of the music made it sound a bit comical. Um, to a certain extent, I mean, everybody was in in the TV thing. Everybody was quite more the uh, exaggerated self, weren't they? Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, I, I like you. I read the book first, which might actually even have been, I think, the first time I've actually seen the. The actual TV version. Mm. I was watching it after I'd read the book. All right. Because obviously, without the two missing episodes, I can't believe it was ever screened by the either BBC or whatever UK Play or whoever it was in the early nineties that showed a lot of the old Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. I certainly um, don't remember watching that, to be honest. No, and I, I did some I of suspect, them, didn't I? But I yeah. suspect, yeah, I suspect the only ones they showed during that period were the ones where they had all the episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, which obviously, until they the animated bits of this, 
the anim- two animated episodes of this was done. They didn't have. Um, no. No, I'd, yeah, the, the thing that cut really <clears throat> cut was just even the opening couple of pages just seemed to be descriptive of the TARDIS landing. Yes, it was actually, and wasn't it? It just and... sets the whole thing up for that for the book. Well, the, the way he wrote it, and I've, I've noticed this quite a lot actually with the with the Target books, and I think he, he just sort of continues the trend here, um, is that it just sort of sets the scene like you've never read or seen Doctor Who. Yes. If, if you see what I mean. Because it, 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 each book, when it gets to the any part you know, where it first introduces the TARDIS or the Doctor or whatever, you, you get all the description of the TARDIS or you get description of the Doctor or his companion or whoever it, you know wherever it is. So you're getting this description of the, of the Doctor each and every time, or the, or the description of the, of the TARDIS each and every time. But it's usually done in like a couple of paragraphs, really. But this, as you say, it, it took a couple of pages, didn't it? Until you sort of, obviously you knew, but if you were like a first-time reader, didn't know anything about Doctor Who, mm. it really does set the scene. And I, I, I absolutely loved it, to be honest. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And... I've read. I've done him any novelizations Ian Marta has done previously, but I know he did um, the Ark in Space, which yeah. we haven't. We haven't. I don't think we've reviewed on on here, have we? No, I've, I've read it. No. I've read it sort of offline, as it were. And and I really, I loved the book. I really do. It's one of my favourite Tom Baker stories, anyway. But the book, I mean, it really did. You know, did do it um, some justice. It really did. Um, but with this, I just found it to be a completely different beast to the um to the televised version uh, to the point where he does actually make it sound like a very very dangerous place to be in yes you know paris during during the revolution um you know the the whole thing you didn't know who to trust um and and the one thing i loved about this i don't know if you you, you found this as well it was the weather was almost a character yeah as well, was it with with the oppressive heat and everything, and the threat of thunderstorms and and, and everything like that? It was sort of it was always the, the description about how hot it was, um, and it was muggy and clammy, and, and and when sort of Barbara and Susan were and Ian was sort of locked in the in the dungeons, it sounded the description of it sounded like a really horrible place to be locked up in. Yeah, with the mold and the damp and all that, all that kind of thing. It, it sounded and how horrible. Awful the food was, and yeah, um, which you certainly didn't get in the um, in the televised version. No, you know, not not at all. Um, but I, I think it was it. It just, I think to compare because the last few sort of couple of Terence Dix books we've read have been slightly sort of underwhelming, really, haven't they? Mm. For, for, for Terence Dix, and, yeah. and I think this yeah. this was a breath of fresh air, really. I, th- I think the difference with this was, um, he took it as, yes, I'm going to write basically a spy story set in the French Revolution. Yep. And coincidentally, that's just got the doc- the characters from Doctor Who in it. It does read like that, doesn't it? And, and you know, and I think that's why I actually. Yeah, I was gonna say I couldn't put no. it down because it did read like a really good spy novel. And to be honest, yeah, if you'd have, if you'd had this as a book, and you'd had just four random characters, mm. it would have been just as entertaining. It just 
as entertaining. It didn't need to be because because there wasn't actually anything sci-fi to it. No, I mean, I mean, back then when they, when they did uh, a, a historical story, it was a pure historical story. There was no sci-fi twist to it or anything. Um, yeah, and that's why I think I love this story because it is just so they just get involved in history rather than um, they're sort of like. How can I put? I mean, okay, by the time they got to the Romans, they were responsible for the you know the the, the Great Fire and everything. Um, but I think back then they they just got involved in something to do with history rather than actually creating history. If you see what I mean, yeah, they weren't responsible for making Pompeii erupt, you know, Vesuvius erupt or whatever. So um, yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 and you had, I mean, you you definitely have the the whole thing in this where and it and to a certain extent the TV thing where they are particularly trying not to change history well yeah because i mean barbara i mean it's mentioned in the book and also in the tv series as well that barbara sort of comments that she learned her lesson with that during the aztecs mm. she knew that she can't change anything and and yeah when they're at the, at the end in the tardis are saying you know we could have tried to shoot um Robespierre and it would have missed him it was meant yeah. to, what happened was meant to happen so whatever they did could never yeah. change it and and that's what I love about this. You know, they, 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 they rather than creating it, they just become part, they're just sort of part of history mm. with that change. And I, I just loved it. I really did love it. Of course. And the biggest difference you have between the book and the TV show, the fact that there is actually some reference to talking in French. Yes. Yeah, there was, and, there, there, and, yeah, there was no... Um... And, and the fact of that actually when they do get, they could get caught out. In terms of speaking, that she feels she that she gave them away at the um, the physicians. Yes, she says something in English. English. Yeah, um, very very sort of great escape, isn't it? Sort of like yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I, I thought that was a really really intelligent thing to do to up the tension mm. somewhat because all the time. You've got. I mean, I, I suppose you're supposed to assume that the TARDIS. Even back then, you never, it was never explicitly stated, but the, no. tar, the TARDIS is trans, you know translating for them. Yeah. Um, but in this, no, it, it was sort of they, they they had to rely on, on what French they had. Yeah. Because you know. because watching it on the TV, yeah. and suddenly you suddenly realise actually quite quickly that hang on a minute, they're making absolutely no. There's not even any sort of LLO French. <laughs> No, nothing. Work, is there? There are basically. I mean, the the French kid they capture or grab at the, at the start of is is basically straight out of some East End documentary. Sort of accent, some of it, it is there. Yeah, all, all the um, all the the peasants all talk like yeah. that, don't they? Sort of like all oh, bless yeah. the governor, and all, all the um, upper class toss, speak like you know. Was it the received pronunciation? Whatever the hell it's yeah. called. So yeah, it's. It's very, very it's, much like a typical BBC production of his time, really. So yeah, and I was trying to think to myself, and I thought I, was, I actually thought I was, had I not read the book first, I probably wouldn't have thought anything of it. No, me neither. Because actually, we are used to Doctor Who through through nearly all times, really. Mm. Basically, just they land, everyone can understand each other. <laughs> Yeah, everyone speaks a form of English. Well, you've only got to go back to the unearthly child for that, really, haven't you? So yeah, you know they can all speak caveman. So <laughs> yeah, 
or, or, or vice versa, the caveman can speak perfect English. So who knows? But um, no, I, I just like the fact that he did this because it, it did add some some extra tension. I thought it, it was just used well, and it, it made all the, the you know the, the, the four lead um, characters just have to work just that little bit harder, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I re- I'd really liked it. I re- the thing is, though, I know we, we, we've... Um... And made it more believable that Webster would, uh, knowing he has to tell someone, would tell Ian, because he obviously spots that he's English. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. So there is there is that to it. But do you know what? They're talking to sort of... We were talking about sort of being thrown into dungeons and everything. Um, it, it's very sort of reminiscent of Frontier in Space, where they sort of... Um, Get captured, escape. Get captured again. Then they escape again. Then they get captured. Then they escape again. And is the story's a little bit like that all the way through, isn't it? It's not this. Yeah. It's a. It's for a six-part story. Um, it's actually very, very. It's quite a slight script, really, isn't it? To be honest. Well, to be honest, it's got it's got three sets, hasn't it? It has. It's yes. got the house, the the jail, yeah, and um, the state rooms. Yeah, and that's it. And that's it. There's nothing else, and one street. Yeah, and and a, and a little bit, and the first time I have a little bit of location filming as well. Yes, actually, which um, which is sort of I think it was a first for Doctor Who. But yeah, it's um, but anyway, getting back to the the, the target. Where, where, but, where they used the double. Yes, apparently William Hartnell couldn't walk <laughs> in a field or something. <laughs> that, well, they paid an actor to <laughs> to copy his walk. <laughs> Yeah, I think wasn't it more to do with the fact actually that they just didn't have time. I think it was actually. Yeah, the, they they was working to touch a Skype, 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 a Skype schedule would have been it. A Skype schedule, yes. Yeah, a tight schedule that for him to have gone off for the day, just wandering around fields and whatever. Yes, would have put them too far back behind with rehearsals and yeah, whatever. yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. But um, no, I mean. I think he does. Um, back to the book, anyway. We're talking about the, the lead characters. Um, he, he certainly captures William Hartnell in this. Definitely, he, he certainly knew how to write the first Doctor. Yeah, without shadow of a doubt. Um, and he did sort of. I mean, the, the, this, this story for Susan. I mean, it 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 doesn't do her any favors whatsoever, does it? I mean, she she's no. the oh, how can you put sort of damsel in distress in this one? Yeah, you know, to, to be honest, but. Um, in the book, he does sort of up the, the the he sort of like increases the reason why she doesn't play such a huge part. I mean, he he does sort of talk about more about how she was looking, how she was feeling, and um, how sick she was basically. And, yeah. and I think they certainly played on that more than they did on the on the TV um, version, where they just obviously just couldn't think of anything to do with the character. I actually quite liked it for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a Susan fan then, Paul? Oh, not overly, no. No, no. Just found her a bit too whiny. And... Yeah, it's a shame really because, I mean, I think Carolyn Ford's gone record saying the same thing, but it is a shame yeah. because it could have been a really, really interesting character and it certainly started yeah. off interesting. Um, yeah. But then it just got to the whole, oh, I've twisted my ankle or I'm going to catch something and be sick for the entire story. So, yes. yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame, but but I'm glad. I mean, this is a, a good story for Barbara and Ian as yeah. well. Um, I think particularly Barbara, to be honest, because she's sort of holding, um, holding it together. For, you know, for Susan's sake, really trying to keep her 
keep her spirits up. She's the one who's trying to figure out how to escape. Um, you know, she she's there with the even a little. Uh, I was to fight off all the men, all the men as well. Yeah, the the, the lascivious uh, jailer, but um, that, that actually that, that Ian Marta writes that. Um, as I said, a bit more lasciviously than it than it's portrayed on the TV. Yeah. To, uh, to be honest, um, yeah, because it, it's sort of like the you know, the actually the the, the jailer um, in the in the book is more of a drunk than he is on the TV version. Yeah, I mean, he, there, never, there was just the, every, every other line talking about the jailer is the bottle of cognac. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, I did like that, but. Um... Yeah, it's sort of like he's, he's horrible foul breath on in her face and everything. It, it was he, he certainly did. Well, I must admit he didn't shy away from the more um, violent aspects of this as well. No, because everything that happened on the television, violence-wise, was practically off-screen, wasn't it? Yeah, you didn't see any of that. Um, I like when the when the doctor hit the um, the guy over the head with the shovel. I can't think of the character's name there when when they're digging the road up. Yeah. So um that was a lot more graphic. When when the two characters at the um at the farmhouse at the beginning, uh whose names I cannot remember at the moment, what the character's name is it Rouvray and uh Dargenson, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. 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 Um when, you know, when when they put up a sort of like a, a last stand as it were. You know, so you know at the farmhouse. So yeah, that was a bit more um, graphic. Yeah, particularly particularly when they go after him with the bayonets. Yes. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was particularly quite quite a gruesome scene actually. Um, yeah. And also when Ian's captured um, as well by uh, Leon Colbert, um, is when the guards were roughing him up. Yeah. As well, I and mean, I mean that wasn't in the TV version whatsoever. But no, it, they, they're just going to sit and wait him out, aren't they? The basically, yeah. Um, but in the in the book, no, that they, they they attempt to rough him out, and it's Colby who puts a stop to it, basically. So it it, it does sort of capture more of the time where you you basically you know you're always going to have like the psychopaths who are going to dish out that kind of torture and punishment, really, aren't you? So yeah. he, he doesn't shy away from that. Um, I think also he made the the shootout as well that um, where, where Colbert is killed. He made that quite. Because all we've got is the animated version of that, haven't we? We, yeah. we, we couldn't see what it what it was really like um, when it was first televised, um, unfortunately. But um, it, it was quite. It was actually quite. I thought quite a well written scene, to be honest. I, I, I don't know if Ian Martin actually wrote any of his own novels. I've got absolutely no idea. But um, I, 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 I wish he sort of. He could have had a go at Bond, if you ask me. To be honest. Yeah, and just just the other character. I mean, even the even the other characters. You've got the sense you were saying about it being a dangerous plate, dangerous time there, mm. with the way the um, the shopkeeper and the physician both turn them in. Yeah, is more out of fear as yes. much as uh, as as greed. Yes, um, and even then, they're not quite sure. Even if it then becomes. To, to, to try not to be looking as if it's through greed, but for they're just doing their job. You know the whole. You know I, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly take. Oh yeah, uh, I couldn't accept it. The, the jailer, I couldn't accept this yeah. reward to just to, to do my duty. But he, he takes it yeah. nonetheless, doesn't he? So, um, but yeah, I, I, 
I mean, the, the other thing as well is, is the confrontation with um, Robespierre at the end as well, where he's, they, they yeah. shoot him in the face. Now on the t- the TV, that is that is all off off camera, and you just see him being dragged out by the by the. Well, the mob is certainly a lot bigger in the book, isn't it? Certainly well, is. You've got that room to play with. Exactly, you? you have, you have. Um, but it's the fact that the um, he was trying to hold sort of the, the teeth and, and jawbone that had been shot away, trying to hold it into yeah. his face. It was it was really quite a quite a gruesome thing. And every time when Barbara saw him being dragged into the um, oh, what's the what was the name of the building? The the just called the jail. What they call the concierge or something? I thought it was the police station. Concierge, I don't know, but. Uh, anyway, whatever yeah. it was, um, she saw him sort of like, like blood sort of drooling from his face as he was led into the prison. So it, it was there's there no holding back on on, on that kind was of it thing. The, the blood, the, the bubbling from his bubbling. That his was hands, the Yes, it? that's right. That was the word he used. Bubbling. Yeah, that was quite horrible. But um, yeah, but again, it it. it it just showed that's what it was really like. There was nothing. Yeah. He didn't try to dress it up in it at all, did he? It was, it, no. was a, it was a nasty, dangerous place. Um, and I did like the, the his version of, of Robespierre in the book is completely different to his TV counterpart because in the in the book he comes across as a lot more, a lot more younger, and a lot more sickly as well because he kept yeah. talking about this sort of like his gaunt white face that he's got, um, and the paranoia is certainly. Uh, more prevalent in in the book as well. He's just you yeah. know he, everyone's out to get him, um, yeah. and it doesn't. It's still there in the TV version, but it's not played up as much, is it? No, it's an older character as well. Um, and also, now I don't know if he was getting his addressing some sort of mistake in history or history that the Doctor was trying to do at the time. But the um, Napoleon was also portrayed as being a lot younger as well. Was it twenty five or something? He was portrayed as, as in the book at that particular time. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you said twenty five. Yeah, but um, but in the TV version, he's a slightly portly middle aged man, isn't he? So, well, I suspect in the book they're just trying to to give you a. <laughs> what everybody's got this impression of what Napoleon looks like, aren't they? Yeah. So I suspect they've sort of you almost feel that they cast the character without really reading what the script was. Yeah, or what what he actually looked like, like back age, in the day. What yeah. his age would have been at that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um I think also I found the character of um Lamatt to be younger in the book as well. Not quite as middle-aged as the guy playing on the set. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I, I no, read I it. I didn't, no, no, I didn't necessarily <clears throat> feel that. I don't think. No, I, I just thought it was just a little bit more. Um, just come, it just come across younger to me in the book. That was all. That was all. Do you know what? I couldn't actually remember who the because um, so I've only watched um, this once when I bought the DVD. Um, and I, I seem to remember it, I, I, it sort of held my interest. But I've got to be honest. When I read the book, then watched. The DVD, the book certainly held more interest more than the TV version did. Um, so I, could, I couldn't, yeah. put, I couldn't put this down to be honest because I, I, I just couldn't wait to see what happened. Maybe it's because I wasn't that familiar with the story. That's why I just couldn't wait to see what happened next. And not, you know, maybe that's why I don't know. But I, I certainly did prefer it to the TV version. Yeah, no, the, the book definitely comes across more as a. As a sort of 
spy sort of thriller. Yeah. Doesn't it? Then then perhaps the TV's a sort of more historical romp, as you say. Mm. With just sort of... Uh, I don't know, sort of slightly nasty undertones. Well... The, it's, it's, TV yeah, it, it's kind of a typical. I, I, I was sort of saying earlier, it's a typical sort of Dennis Spooner script because the the Romans was played for comedy, basically as well. And until you get to the end, when um, it's sort of like you know Caesar is um, is um, stabbed, and it yeah. all, and it all, all of a sudden goes all very very serious, and it's quite jarring actually. And um, and I kind of felt it was a bit like. That in this story as well, you didn't get that sense of that at all in Martyr's book, but in the TV version you did because you said you had that sort of like the almost like comedy music. The as you said, all the performances were exaggerated yeah. to a certain degree as well. And then all of a sudden, some bloke gets shot in the face, and it's all over. You know, so I mean, I think I think probably the main scene probably is Ian when he's just looking out through the the um what was I say window for a better word of the prison yeah the bar the bars of his yeah. window yeah yeah uh when Barbara and Susan are being taken away for the first time mm. and I think that's sort of there there was a sort of sense of Desperation to it, you know, into of his. You get the feeling of his desperation because yeah. he can't do anything because he knows what's going to what, what where they're going to basically what their destination yeah. is going to be. You know, Madame Guillotine. But yeah, I can't remember um, in the TV version when the rescue is mounted by um, Jules Renan. Whether how were there other people in the cart with? There's just one other. Because in the book, Which, they, they're sort of crammed into this sort of cage on, you know, being pulled by a horse, and but because <laughs> it's like although, it's like panic because everyone just scatters everywhere, and Barbara and Susan don't know where to go. Obviously, they're not familiar, so that's why um, Jules and Jean sort of take them away back to their house. So uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for sanctuary. Yeah. But um, although although that sort of slightly in the in the sense that we're not that me yet there's just one other person look some other bloke lurking around at the back <laughs> behind which in the two which is sort of you could say well that's understandable now why they take them too because there's nobody else to take <laughs> um whereas sort of slightly in the book you thought it was a bit convenient that there was the only two that was that was taken hmm I mean, as in that, as in the whole story, it's just convenient that it's only Barbara and Susan that actually are rescued, which is which seems to be because it seems to be that they've got a proper um, network for getting people away mm. that they'd have been trying to do more to take people, take you know? the others as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as opposed to just leaving them behind. And well, it, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's, cause, it's cause convenient the book where where they're that they're. they're Susan wants to collapse in there, isn't it? But she's being held up by the weight of the people, other people in the. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because she's sort of like feeling dizzy and sick and wanting to wanting to fall over. She said it was, it was only the other, the other people crammed in there with them was keeping her up. So um, maybe there's just that one bloke in the TV version. It was like, is it between, she's propped up between her and uh, and him and Barbara. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> he's a bit, a bit dodgy. That bloke, I think. He's <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> so they'd locked him up. Yeah, and yeah, and and the the. I mean, the shootout wasn't too bad actually on the TV. Although the fact that there was only like two guards by the time the shootout comes, whereas it's because because the other one seems to have needed three of them to take the horse away. Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it did, it did seem to me in the in the book it was a bit that you know um, Jules and John did, did come a little bit more prepared with a few more guns tucked in their belt, rather than just a pistol yeah. each. You know, sort of uh, hoping there were just going to be two guards. You know, they they. So to corner the you know the um, a modern vernacular, they come tooled up, didn't they? Basically, yeah. so. And also getting back to the Ian being held capture when Jules turns up, yeah, he has another pistol on him there. Yes, he does. Yeah, Leon doesn't realise about which spells the end of him. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I felt it does make sense for somebody who's basically on the run, so to speak. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. No, I, th- I think that I mean, well, well I mean, actually, I think the Reign of Terror hasn't got a good reputation. Actually, I think it's, I mean, it's quite a boring story. It's not boring, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I actually quite enjoy the TV version, but I prefer the book version, which I yeah. think addresses a lot of the comedic issues. Because this wasn't a particularly funny time, to be honest, no. was it? So, no, yeah, and, to and work, it has to for for the story to work as a non-sci-fi yeah. story. And you've got to have the the tension of the of of the thriller going on, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, he I think he does that admirably. Yeah, he really does. He really does. So, well, I haven't really got much more to say about it, really, other than that I just enjoyed it, and I I recommend this book to it to all, everybody out there, really. Yeah, or one of you, um, really, to just go go out and read this. So, you you can just borrow my copy if you like. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just a case. Of, yeah, don't expect it to be a a typical monsters and whatever book because it's not. It's not. No, if you no. quite like. I was going to say if, anyone, if, if anyone's going to say, "Oh no, historical Doctor Who stories are boring," um, this isn't. Hmm. This this is not boring at all. This is this is a, a very well written and fast paced. Well, spy as you said, spy thriller, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, the TV obviously has a um, slightly harder job in doing this because it can't be seen to be too bloodthirsty. No. Particularly in those days. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean... Well, they did well... They they might have got away with some of the stuff in the 70s. Yeah. To to that sort of... Yeah, they probably would have done. Inchcliffe era of of, of Baker and that, but... Well, they, well, not they, that I don't think in the well they didn't shy away from the violence it was just off camera you could hear yeah. you could hear what had happened or see people's yeah. you know the characters reactions to it the, um, yeah you'd have yeah. the shots and you'd have the yeah the sort of like you know the sort of like then like the like the Rose Pierre one it, it's Danny Solly's office you can't see what's go- you can hear what's going on um, and you just see him being dragged out as he's holding his yeah. face so but uh, anyway anyway yeah I, I'd I'd definitely recommend this book I, def- yeah. I definitely would I think it's a it's a thumbs up from the both of us there I think isn't it it is yeah, it is indeed it is. it is indeed good good right there everybody well that's that um, for this week so um, as we said earlier we're not entirely sure when we're going to be back um, reviewing class it, I, I very much doubt if it's going to be the week of broadcast we'll see what we can do anyway but we're not we're not entirely sure at the moment 
Mm. But um, we'll keep you posted. So we could be back week after next, or it could be in three weeks' time. We don't know. Yes. We, don't we honestly know. don't know at the moment. But uh, we should keep you posted. But there might even be a little um, a, a short podcast in between if I get around to doing the, a gaming review for that uh, digital pinball game. Yes. Who knows? Who knows? So it's let's wind this episode up then, shall we, Paul? Yes. Yes, let's. So you've held off with the coffin, though. I've been turning my microphone off. Oh, have you really? <laughs> I thought the conversation was a bit one-sided this evening. But <laughs> <laughs> I went and had a cup of tea after. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, let's, let's go for have to mute your, mute your microphone again. So, for another week, then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.